Welcome, everybody. This is the U.S. Grace Force podcast. I'm Doug Barry, along with my very good friend, Father Richard Heilman. And we've got quite a jam-packed show and a jam-packed screen, as you can tell. Excited to have uh, the producers of Nefarious. And, of course, Father Carlos Martins is with us as well. Before we get started, we want to turn everything over to prayer. And, Father Heilman, as we all know, we turn that over to you. Sure. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our defense against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Hosts, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Awesome. Thank you very much, Father. And thank you, all of you out there who support the U.S. Grace Force podcast. We always like to remember you in our prayers. We always do. And I always like to start off the podcast by bringing that up. Father Holland and I want to thank all of you. Your thoughts, your prayers, your encouragement mean everything to us. And those of you who support us with the Patreon program, we always want you to know that that is an amazing way to help us continue to get these messages out. Tonight, obviously, we got a powerful message. And every week, we try to bring you things that are going to help edify you, give you encouragement, peace, but also give you some action. Like, what do we do? How does, how does the, this affect me? What can I do? What, what might God be calling me to do to engage in the battles that we're in, the spiritual battles that we're in? So if you're interested in helping us with the Patreon program and joining the Patreon team, please click the link in the description below or in the summary, and you'll find the direction to go, pray about it, and consider joining us in that financial support. And again, we thank you so much for that. But all of you, thank you for your prayers, your encouragement. It's one of the reasons we have shows like this, the movie Nefarious. This has just recently come out of time we record this, and it's really causing quite a quite a storm out there. And that's what we're going to be breaking down and talking about here tonight. Father Heilman, uh, you were the one that received contact on this from our good friend, Father Carlos. Yeah. I'll let you take it from here. Well, I couldn't, I couldn't wait to, to do this tonight. Thank, thank you so much, Carrie and Chuck, for being here. Yeah. And Father Carlos, um, listen, you know, you're, you're doing such great work, especially in informing people and letting people know, first of all, the reality of, of uh, demonic activity, the Satan, and, and, and how we can stand against that. And, um, and your, your very successful Exorcist Files is just, mm. um, you know, is going viral. Uh, as it should, because again, it's it's such a, it's it's so fascinating, it's so interesting, but it's it's a great teaching tool for a lot of people to help them uh, understand that. I watched the movie Nefarious, and I got the same thing out of that. I I got to tell you, I I was taken aback. Uh, I was surprised by it, and we can get into it a little bit later. But uh, Chuck and Kara, I mean, it, it just it it was um it it was stirring, uh, you know, without having all that you know, Hollywood, uh, you know, exaggeration, uh, but your actors were just compelling. And the, the person who plays the, the, the role of the one that's demonically possessed, holy cow. Um, but anyways, I wanted to, um, and I can get into that too a little later, but I wanted to uh, bring in my very good friend, uh, Father Carlos Martins. We've been friends for many, many years now. And, um, and uh, I'm very pleased to be able to uh, try to get a lot of people to want to c come to this amazing movie. Listen, I put this up on social media um, about the the premiere uh, that started this past Friday, and then and then I put up that you guys were going to be on, and tons and tons of reaction. Mm. And it's just uh, uh, the ones that commented had seen it, and they just 
were blown away and encouraging everybody to go see it. But Father Carlos, uh, you've been working with these guys. And in fact, you've been protecting these guys uh, uh, as an exorcist in, and they've needed it. And we're going to get into that too. But maybe you want to uh, bring Chuck and Carrie in and just tell us what's going on with the movie right now. Yeah, sir. It's a it's a pleasure. The, the movie, as uh, as 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 I've mentioned in my own social media posts, is easily the best movie on demonic possession uh, that that I've ever seen, uh, and I've seen them all. Uh, it's it, what is successful about it is it zeroes in on the demonic the the demonic rage. It takes you into kind of the thinking of the devil, what he is after and how he goes about doing it. And, and he will always put his victim in a conundrum. And then he will layer that conundrum into its own conundrum and then build conundra on top of that. So that you're kind of, you're, you're damned if you choose option A, you're damned if you choose option B. And you cannot but choose one of the two. You know, like, so for example, when I, I, I recently, I had a, a woman who was possessed. Uh, so he threatened her, if you bring in the priest, if you cooperate with him, we, I mean, this is already after a couple years worth of exorcisms, then I'm going to inhabit your grandchildren. You know, so she stopped cooperating, right? So, so she believes the lie because she's so fearful that he's going to go into her grandkids and and, and so, and that's, that's what he's going to do. He, he's going to put you, he, the, 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 the devil is, is a, is a, a grandiose mafioso mm. and he doesn't give you any freedom. This movie captures it so well, but, but it does so in a way where, you know, you have this, this atheistic psychologist, brilliant man coming in. And he's relying on his brilliance because, well, you know, frankly, I mean, that's what we do. That's, that's all he's got. And why wouldn't you if that's been your reality to this point in your life? But now he's in front of an agent of the Prince of Darkness who can outsmart him at every corner. And to see this, to see the human prowess being taken down by a demonic prowess, it was just brilliant. So, um, Carrie Solomon and Chuck Kozelman, brilliant writers of the movie, the brilliant directors and the brilliant producers. Uh, welcome. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Thank you, Father. Good to have you on. Gentlemen, I'd like to start by asking this question. Um, this, is, this is such a um, project that is so controversial, obviously, in many respects, in the natural world alone, because there's so many people who have decided to discount evil. Um, I was giving a talk years ago at a parish and I've been you know, traveling and speaking for over 30 years and I was talking about the reality of the devil and about things like purgatory and some of this. And I had a woman come up to me afterwards and she was very serious when she said, now, wait a minute, didn't Vatican II do away with purgatory and the, and, and, and the evil of the devil? I mean, words to that effect. And there are people who believe that you can just kind of choose to discount the reality of the devil. Now, the story that I understand is that as you were making this film, um, it was a breeze. There were no problems. There was no <laughs> conflict. Everything went smoothly. 
or was it the he's opposite? being sarcastic I'm, I'm too freshly confessed to agree with that statement yeah there you go there you go no but for the audience to understand this was a not just a work of a labor and, and and challenge for the sake of the church but you ran into a lot of unexplained challenges along the way and, and i really want the audience to know what was that like and what sort of things did you run into sure it was it was a little bit of a surprise actually because we had uh in our earlier film, Unplanned, we certainly had uh, diabolical resistance, but it was all after the fact. During production and shooting of the film, it was like there was a hedge of protection around us. Mm. We got used to that. Uh, and then we had all of our problems in the marketing and so forth and trying to distribute the film. In this film, the problem showed up early. So in our first attempt to shoot the film, uh, a week before shooting, nine of our 15 key personnel came down with COVID. Uh, Carrie wound up in the hospital for eight days. Uh, he just had a craving for hospital food that couldn't be satisfied in any other way. <laughs> and then we we got we got him out of the hospital. I got it satisfied. Trust me. <laughs> for a while. And um, the last stop before we were shooting in Oklahoma, we were planning to shoot in Oklahoma. All of our sets were built. We were filming set to film partly in prison and partly on a set. We had to leave these massive sets standing. We rented half of a, we rented a basketball arena, professional basketball arena, and we had to leave all of our sets standing in the space rented for five months while we went home and regrouped and recuperated and all that. And then we came back and uh, three days into shooting, we were struck by a strike by the most powerful union, no strike vote, no, uh, no grievances listed, just a strike. Then they tried to get the federal government to shut down our production. Uh, with an injunction. And I mean, I just want you to think about this for a second. The devil got the federal government to shut down the production. Okay, Jeez. that's how powerful what you're dealing with is. But I mean, it didn't stop. Our building in Burbank got the roof ripped off. Literally ripped off the whole Literally. thing. In the middle of torrential rains to the point where, and over a weekend, naturally, at two or three o'clock in the morning on a Saturday, so that by the time anyone figured out what was going on, 10 hours later, it was an, a giant indoor water park. The priest we had on set, out of nowhere, his, his appendix practically explodes and he nearly dies. It burst during removal and he was told if he did not, if he, if he delayed another hour, he wouldn't be alive. We have like eight or nine car crashes in a matter of like 11 or 12 or 13 days. And the cars are totally messed up, but not one person got hurt. It's wow. just like now the, this is the a pool of less than a hundred drivers. Yeah, I mean electricity, our enemy in every form and fashion. No email, wow. cell phones, cars breaking down that are practically you know impossible. Our Newsweek interview had to take place three times, and that recorder was three thousand miles from us. On location, uh, Father Martin's had to come into a room where the lights were flickering. The sound mixer died. The the uh, on the the cameras, the the discs were corrupted, and uh, I'm sure he'll talk about that in a couple of minutes. Uh, it's just on and on and on. It was it. We had one of the guys, Steve Days, who wrote a book, the book that uh, called Nefarious Plot. On the first day on set, he got a cyst under his arm and uh, felt very sick and returned home. Two days, three days ago, the night, same the night before our premiere. Yeah, he got rushed. He started off with a cyst under his arm in the morning. By nighttime, he was uh, he was in the ER, muttering, almost uh, just could, couldn't be understood. Had an infection in his bloodstream and almost died. I mean, yeah. and literally, everyone praying over him, I believe, saved him. Uh, it's just on and on. We found out this weekend, uh, literally, uh, theaters 
just showing that the, the, the theater is packed and there's no one in it. They are guiding people away from tick book to, uh, from buying tickets. On it's like this massive conspiracy, one, one but it's real. One sold out theater in Grand Rapids, where Steve was supposed to have gone had he not gotten sick. They couldn't figure out what was wrong. There was a lens cap over the projector. Nobody puts a lens cap over the projector. Oh, it had no. never happened before in the history of the theater. Uh, but the thing that's uh, really telling about this is exactly what happened with Unplanned, where we had these ridiculous things in the theater. We had problems with emails. We had problems with cell phones, car credit. So he plays the same game over and over and over. The thing that makes us happy is that obviously we're affecting him. Obviously, we're bothering him. Obviously, right. the movie is anointed, and we believe that he doesn't want people to say it. We've yeah. thrown some rocks at him, so we shouldn't be too surprised that he throws a few back. <laughs> wow. good you, should do a, you should do a movie about making the movie. Yeah, <laughs> and they're gonna have yeah. PTSD. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's obvious, and 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 I think what he's doing is he's he's trying to get you afraid, you know, and to quit, right? To to quit production, and but he's throwing everything, including the kitchen sink, at you, and and uh, but praise God, I mean, you guys remain courageous and steadfast, and and here we are, and I do believe this movie is anointed. I I did watch it. And it gives keen insight into, let's just call it the brain of the devil. And I, I thought you brought that out so well. Uh, it, it truly was informative to 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 listen to that. The acting was unbelievable. Uh, yeah. So it, it really was good. But Father, uh, can, can I bring you in here? Because, you know, jeepers, <laughs> all of this going on, I mean, I you know I think I think maybe not at the intensity or or maybe more in some cases, but it seems like it's going on everywhere too. I mean the devil is just going berserk, and these guys are a big threat to the devil because look how I just described it. You know we're getting keen insight into the brain of the devil. We're informing people. We're letting people know. You know this is how the devil works, and once you know that, then you're not as easily. Uh, you know, lied to, not as not as easy. You know, manipulated by the devil, and he don't like that. But <clears throat> Father, what's going on? You know, what's what's going on? The five Exorcist movies this year, and you know, um, just the the diabolical um, you know activity that's going on. It's seemingly everywhere. Is I don't know. Am I overstating that or what? No, I I don't think you are. I I you know so. So some things can be explained on a human level, other things that, you know, cannot. Uh, so this year, yeah, five, by my count, five exorcism movies are being released in, on a human level. It, yeah, it, in a, some of that is explainable in the sense that it's the 50th anniversary of the original movie, The Exorcist. Uh, and so, you know, that kind of sets the stage for revisiting the topic, which is a perennial bestseller in terms of, of Hollywood, right? Pe people like... You know, when, when Hollywood wants to terrify somebody, it, it doesn't make a werewolf movie. It doesn't make a, an aliens movie. When it wants to terrify, it makes a movie about the devil, right? And, and people, people perceive that. People, when you're in a theater, nobody is laughing during an exorcism movie. Um, so, but it's the 50th anniversary. So, so the stage was ripe, was ripe for for a release of a sequel to the, the original Exorcist. They, they've already had a couple of sequels, but number 
the, the next one down the line is is being released. Uh, Russell Crowe is also releasing his movie. Um, uh, he has released his movie, and then and and there 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 are a couple of others. Uh, uh, Nefarious, of course, being one of them. Uh, and, and I've already spoken how how different it is the 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 qualitative difference that it is, which is which is head and shoulders speaking as an exorcist speaking as somebody who deals with the devil uh who who ministers in that area and 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 who has met him so to face to face so to speak uh this is the the movie that is the most true to life insofar as you understanding the mind of the devil how he thinks how he acts uh, and so just the prowess that the mental prowess of the devil is exhibited in such a brilliant way, which was acted so brilliantly. And, and everything, the entire crew, the entire acting crew uh, worked together to produce something that left, that leaves you thinking. You, you walk away having really learned something. And, you know, I, I live in, uh, I'm a member of a religious community, and and I live in our seminary in Michigan, and so I, uh, Chuck and Carrie, they they had sent me a screener, and I I put it on, and I invited those who, with whom I live uh, to come and watch it, and they, they were mesmerized by it. And for days, uh, we talked about, it. you know, we we watched it ten days ago. Not a day goes by when somebody doesn't mention it, doesn't reference something in the movie, and that's the mark of a great movie. A story has been told so well that it leaves you changed. It leaves you thinking, processing. Uh, it's taught you something. And so I, I, you know, you walk away from so many of, of the movies that, that, that one sees in general, they, they don't change you at all. They may have entertained you for a couple of hours. They may not have. They may not have even done that. Uh, but but it's rare to find a movie that that leaves you thinking that it that, that the thought itself has been so well done that you walk away having been formed by it and 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 really the christian formation one is left with here is worth its weight in gold father i'm curious if you could uh, comment too i mean as, as father Hamid mentioned things seem to be just kind of in upheaval right now in the world and in, in, in relation to this film, Nefarious, um, you know, in the news, even today, uh, 100 teenagers in California mob a gas station, flash mob, break in, loot it, uncontrollable. Um, a couple nights ago, hundreds of teenagers in Chicago running crazy in the streets, terrorizing. They said, they said just scaring everything out of the, the average person on the street. There's just this kind of upheaval. It makes me think about and those are just a couple of examples. That's not even talking about China, Taiwan, Russia, Ukraine, uh, human trafficking. Uh, the border is in disarray. All these different things. And we could go on and on and on with the list. All the policies in place that are protecting um, healthcare. They're calling it healthcare for even children as they're mutilating their bodies. Um, these types of things. Unbelievable that these things have been legalized. Policies are in place for some of this stuff. It makes me think, and I'd like you to comment if you could, Father Carlos, and then I'd like to hear from, you know, from Chuck and Carrie there about this. The words of Pope Benedict XVI when he said that the presence of God is disappearing from the human horizon 
And as the light of Christ diminishes, mankind responds with more destructive effects. Father Carlos, your thoughts on that? Yeah. Yeah. So there, you know, Pope Benedict the Sixteenth hit the nail on the head. We, we are, Christendom has been eclipsed, right? Christendom as, as a society has, has, has died. We're in the, we're in the death throes now. Well, the, the, the corpse is, is just twitching. And, and so there's this, this paganization, this, this neo-paganism that, that is gripping Western society. And, you know, the, the, the thing that Christianity did for us, among other things, was it, it civilized us. It gave us an outlet for our uh, vices to be dealt with. It gave us an outlet to confess our sins. Mm-hmm. It gave us an outlet to receive the Lord's blessing. It gave us an outlet to satisfy the soul through worship. It gave us a, a, a community that we belonged to. It, it gave us mentors. It gave us heroes in our lives, in our day-to-day lives, uh, in, the, in the form of priests and nuns and religious that, right. that gave up their freedoms and gave up their lives in order to minister to the people of God. Well, most people in society don't, re- don't encounter those sources of goodness any longer. And that has an implication on, on, on them, on their spirit, on their psychology, on their person. And so modern man has his illnesses, the, the, the same illnesses that man has always had, but now he doesn't have the avenues of healing and grace that he did before, and he doesn't know where to get them uh, so often. So it, it makes, it is no surprise at all that, that you've mentioned what is happening and, and that is happening is, is horrific evil because we've thrown God out of the picture. And in most cases, in most, um, most, most politicians don't have the time of day for God and are too stupid to see the glory and the greatness that the Christian faith brought to the nation down through the centuries and that America's greatness was rooted in its morality and its religious sense. Those were the two sources of its greatness. Throw those two out the window, and now you have nothing but aberration that is left. Yeah. yeah. Chuck, Chuck Gary, Gary, your thoughts on it based yeah. on, I'm sorry, based on that. Um, yeah, that well, one. I was going to say that too. I mean, yeah. I mean, based on the situation that we have right now going on, did you have a hope? Well, I bet you did. With, with, with producing such a movie as this right now, you know, that what that, what, what, what that would do to further the light of Christ in, in, in such a, uh, a, a time of turmoil that we're in right now. We sure hope so. Uh, ironically, um, I agree with everything that Father Collis actually just said. He, he distilled it in a way I've never heard before, but it makes absolute sense. Where that leaves us in sort of this post-Christian society and world is that to tell the story, ironically, uh, if a priest in a film was preaching the gospel, no one would believe him. We're reduced to where we have to use a demon to preach the gospel. And that becomes then, that was our hope that we could do that successfully. And what happens then is that we have a character who, as he says in the film, when he's mocking the psychiatrist, I know more theology than any human being who's ever existed. He knows theology cold. He just hates it. He knows he know he has no questions about belief. He has a knowledge that a creator God exists. He just despises him with every bit of his essence. I think uh, 
what the Lord did here is when we do a movie, we try to listen to what the Lord wants to do. Otherwise, we'd go do Westerns and action movies and stuff. Angry like that. men with powerful hands. You know, that, that would be where we wind up, yes. But, you know, we try to listen to the Lord. And when we did Unplanned, it seemed to us that we had had the rights like five or six years or earlier than when we actually shot Unplanned. And we were getting ready to go. And what the Lord did was he said, not yet to us in prayer. We heard very distinctly, not yet. So we got all uh, depressed because we really wanted to jump on it, you know, to save children. And six years later, the Lord said now. But what it was, it was the perfect timing because within two years, Roe v. Wade was thrown over. And I believe that the movie had a major part in that. So now when the Lord had us do Nefarious, I said to myself, Chuck said to himself, we spoke about this. This is the issue of our time right now. So the Lord brought uh um, planned out at the perfect time, and now he brings nefarious. Why? Because the world is steeped in the occult, yoga, Reiki, tarot cards, Ouija boards, fortune tellers. I mean, it's like horoscopes and everything. People are talking about these things as if they're changing their lives. I defy anyone to walk out the front door of their house, step out onto your step outside your house, and tell me that everything is okay in the world that you don't feel that something is wrong in a feeling in your spirit. Even if you're not a believer, you know something is wrong, something is dark. And I believe, and we had this conversation with Father Carlos, uh, that the devil's time is short. He, he's being, he's frantic. And so what is he doing? He's not hiding anymore. His greatest tool was that he did hide. So what I think the Lord was doing with this movie is saying, pay attention here. The wheat is being sorted from the chaff, but I still yep. care about the chaff. So I'm I'm reaching out to you. I'm saying, look, there is a devil. If this movie does anything, it says there is a devil. When you're yep. done watching this movie, but it's not spectacle. Like Father Carlos said, it's not people walking on the wall or puking green soup and stuff like that. Your audience should know it's two men sitting across a table. But the reality is what the movie does is it speaks truth, yep. real truth, God's truth, not man's truth, not our truth. Because let's face it, we're two guys from Jersey. That movie didn't sound like two guys from Jersey, all that dialogue yeah. when we wrote it, okay? <laughs> so the bottom line is it's annoying. It was the Holy the Spirit. The Lord just some strange vessels once in a while. I so the spirit, <laughs> the spirit is reaching into the movie theaters, and everyone that is seeing it is profoundly deeply affected whether they're believers or non-believers by the way it functions on two levels and that what father carlos was talking about with the seminarians and those around him talking about this movie days or even weeks later it's grabbing hold of everyone who sees it for believers it functions in a weird way scared straight for christians uh it's a reminder that we have to be mindful of our relationship with god for non-believers they're suddenly gripped by they're wrestling with the question of is there a devil? Do these supernatural realities exist? Mm -hmm. And to borrow from C.S. Lewis, when he was writing about the screw tape letters, he basically said words to the effect of, if you come to a belief in demons, fallen angels, you're probably going to realize that there are other angels that haven't fallen. If you do that, you're probably going to start realizing that there's a creator God above them, and you're probably going to come to the conclusion that he's probably a benevolent creator. Otherwise, the bad guys would have been in charge a long time ago. 
because that's their whole goal. If they were, if they could be, if they were in charge of the show and the shop, we would have lost a long time. I ago. think it's a divine act of mercy. This movie, I really do, because he's sobering people up. He's slapping them across the face nicely, yep. and he's saying, "Wake up! There is an enemy, and he's after your soul." He does not sleep yeah, twenty-four you know, hours a day, seven days a week. Yeah, Carrie, I, I let me jump in on that point. I, what you said earlier, I I have been starting to refer to it as the supernatural gut feeling that people are getting. And I believe it's, you know, people who, who are trying to pray, they're trying to have a deep dialogue with God of any kind. And I know Father Carlos was on recently on the podcast. Um, we talk about in general, a lot of this kind of stuff, what's going on in the world and just that sense. And Father Heilman and I talk about all the time, that there's something that a lot of people are getting. And it's like a supernatural gut feeling that things are ramping up, things are changing. And it's not just looking at the signs of the times, which you can look at and realize yeah, there's tension between China and Taiwan and so forth. And, oh, then these leaks from the Pentagon about, you know, what's going on in Ukraine and all this. You can look at that and think, oh, yeah, we got political issues. This is something much different and much deeper, I believe. And this is something, again, Father Carlos has been on talking about with this and Father Heilman. And we've had several guests lately who have been saying similar things. Supernatural gut feeling. Things are different now. And I also would comment, too, about what you said about kind of God kind of sobering us up. You know, we just... We just, um, I got to tell you, we just, you know, went through Divine Mercy, right? And we had Father Chris Alara last week, and he was talking about, he kind of ran down this kind of impassioned plea to get to confession and, and get to communion, Holy Communion and so forth, and, and just that trust in God's mercy. And the title of it was Divine Mercy, Man's Last Hope of Salvation, which Christ himself spoke to St. Faustina. But it's a sobering type of thing. And I see your film is doing exactly that. And the thing about the film that I, I just, from what I've, I've heard from so many comments of people is exactly that. It makes you think. It doesn't just over-exaggerate, over you know, the, the, the Hollywood side of this. It's that, it's that debate that we have. And I would, I would say this too. Everybody, I would say by the time you, I don't know, meet your 20s by now, if not even younger, has had those moments where you're sitting on the edge of your bed and you kind of get into that rationalization with yourself over things. You know, you're wondering about this. Well, if God this, and then maybe this, and you can, you can actually talk yourself into accepting certain things that are very, very dangerous and very destructive to the point where you can start going down a horrible, horrible path. And when you get to the bottom of it, it's this, as the saints have said, I think it was St. Alphonsus Liguori, you know, you don't even know when a pig is wallowing in its own myrrh, its own mud, it doesn't even know it's there anymore sometimes. It's just wallowing in it. Your film slaps them out of that reality, I think. And that's, it's like a tenderizer, you know, whack, 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 the reality of this truth. And hopefully, I can only imagine if we had confessionals set up outside the oh, theater. Nice. <laughs> you know, what we might actually have. But mm. I, just, I, I see it as I a supernatural still gut feeling. <laughs> I get to spill the beans on this one. Father Carlos can't do it, but we can. You know, Karen, the Lord, the Lord did the same, a similar thing and unplanned, a different little little gift to us. So we have a long-term friend in the business. He's had a very checkered past. He was there at the premiere, and uh, he went and uh, took a little ride with Father Carlos after after watching the film and uh, made a full confession of sin. Nice. And I, he had I, he he had. Uh, 
he was in the place where I was many, many years ago, something along the lines of bless me, Father, for I have sinned. It's been more than 20 years since my last confession. So what so, we're going to do from now on is we're going to have Father Mo uh, Carlos go from theater to theater in his van <laughs> and just take people in the van. Nice. Block, confess and go to the next theater. That's right. He'll be busy for a while. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Confession to go. So, but we were, we were, we talked with our friend about it and we were, we were thrilled and we said, okay, that's the Lord's. That's the Lord's gift to us. We know that he's in a much better place by virtue of, and it's, the film is out there changing some lives already. Yeah. You know, you, 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 you've had some conversion stories, haven't you? Yep. Yep. Yes, yes. Conversion Do you have any stories. that you can share? Uh, yeah, I mean, you keep talking and I'll, we I'll got get one. We one this morning from a guy who had lost his son in a car wreck, and his wife and his two daughters had gotten to the point where they hated God the last few years, and he'd been trying to bring them back to the faith, and it wasn't working. He said, my last shot was... I took them to the film and they came to a realization after the film that the death of their, their the woman's son, the girl's brothers really was a product, not of God, not caring, but of the devil basically trying, taking control of events. And mm. that there, they realized that the son who had died would always had a cross around his neck and the necklace was found, but the cross was never found. And they really searched for it. They realized that he had had a chance to, heal and repair his relationship with the Lord before he passed. And they realized that that was a gift. And that's the God part of what went on. Wow. We're getting all kinds of things. And we got uh, the other night on opening night, guy is sitting in the theater. Suddenly uh, when the, uh, Sean Patrick Flannery, who's playing Nefarious, talks about the carpenter, obviously, Ooh, yeah. Jesus, the guy starts growling at the screen. And uh, then he, he doesn't stop. So the wife gets into it with him and starts screaming at him. And he he pukes all over himself. He starts convulsing. Whoa. His eyes turn black. He's 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 uh, he's got black lines under his eyes. He wakes up eventually. They call nine one one. He wakes up. Uh, doesn't remember any of no it. memory of any of the events. So well, what's happening here? I mean, we're seeing uh, demonic reaction. Yeah, which would say, by the way, the movie's powerful. Conversions. Mm -hmm. You know, people coming to God over this, people saying, I've got, I can't stop thinking about that movie. I'm going to take 10 people tomorrow. Then I'm going to take 10 people. I bumped yeah. into a priest we know by the name of Father Darren. Father Carlos knows him. On Friday, we went to the movie. Uh, or, uh, and then on Saturday, we bump into him in the movie with 10 people. And on Sunday, you know, it's, so it's just a, it's a, it's an ongoing thing. But I think that the Lord is at work here. He's he's. He's trying to save his his children. Yeah. Brother Carlos, I'm curious if you could comment on on this with everything they just said. We we see these events, a lot of people who struggle with faith. Um, in fact, I heard it said recently by somebody that that there's natural conversation and there's supernatural conversation. And most people are caught up in the natural conversation because they, they mainly because of the lack of faith to believe that there could be supernatural conversation. An old spiritual director of mine said to me, look, the angelic forces are always all around us. You know, create that conversation with your guardian angel, with the Blessed Mother, with our Lord, and expect interaction with them, not just grandiose or really amazing things like, you know, seeing the sun or, or levitation, but on a day-to-day -day basis, the promptings of the heart. But we can kill those promptings of the heart by choices that basically silence that supernatural conversation. Father Carlos, how important is it that each of us, not just these gentlemen who paint this film or you or Father Heilman, 
How important is it that every single person looks at supernatural conversation as a day-to-day occurrence with Our Lady, with St. Joseph, with their guardian angel, with the Lord himself, and then opens the heart and begs, because I've been begging God, I just want to hear you, Lord, I want to hear you, you know, give me that nudge and that prompting. How important is it that we strive for that, that everybody does, Father? Sure. Well, you know, look, I, I belong to a religious community called the Companions of the Cross. Our founder, Father Bob Bedard, he built the entire spirituality of the community around that very thing that you just said. Mm. So, you know, our spirituality is give God permission. Give mm. God permission. Every morning he would, you know, Father Bob, uh, God bless him, he died in 2011. And uh, we, we, hope to, uh, we, we hope to canonize him a saint one day because he certainly was one. But he would come into the chapel every morning. He would get on his knees and he would touch his forehead to the floor of the chapel. And he would say every morning, Lord, I'm not ready, but I'm willing. I give you permission. And he, he built his entire life around that. So, so for, for us, you know, yeah, we turn on the TV. We see great instances of evil happening. We, we, all of the above that that we mentioned with regard to the enemy trying to stop the movie. We hear about the attacks our own family members do to one another, you know, whether they were prompted by the evil one or whether just simple human brokenness and vice that, that takes hold. But, but God still lives and he is still the Lord of the universe and he is active. He is not passive. He is an active player in this. And so, the grace is available for the taking. The great, he, is, he is not stingy with the grace. He's not so niggardly that he, that, he doesn't, that, that he doesn't give you grace in abundance more than what you can even imagine. It's there for you. It's, it's there for the world. And he's looking now for people to receive it. He's looking for intercessors that, that are willing to pray, to make penance and sacrifice uh, for people in the world who have no one to do that for them. And he's bringing people from uh, the, the edge of darkness who they wake up one morning and they have no idea what's going to encounter them. And all of a sudden, by 3 p.m., they've encountered God and their life has completely changed. I mean, I was one of those people. I converted from atheism in, in a moment that, that still, 27 years later, startles me. You know, that this month is is uh gosh yeah the 27th anniversary and i i i just i'm still stunned by that reality i mean little did i know that morning when i woke up uh, how how different my life would would be at the end of the day and the trajectory that i'm on from that moment god is doing this yeah i mean i i didn't do that of my own power i couldn't have i couldn't get myself out of that mess nobody on earth could either some people had tried but but God is the active play. He is the secret weapon. Yeah. And, and he is revealing himself. And now, now look, if the devil is so against this movie, Nefarious, man, then your lottery numbers have just come up. Because what that means is he's letting him know yourself that what you're doing is, is affecting him viscerally. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's torturing him. And so by that fact, God is going to be active and God is active in promoting the message through it. His message of, 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 of love and salvation. Chuck and Carrie, I, I don't know if you picked this weekend on purpose, but it's divine mercy Sunday weekend that you, um, 
when you know you, you premiered the this this amazing film but i think i think it's significant you know I, I i i i'm listening to some of these conversions i'm seeing i'm hearing people's responses when they go to the film and you know what i see and it it conjures up what what i was kind of focusing on in my sermon this weekend but that you know remember that that that, that the boys the first bishops uh were up in the upper room locked away safe in their safe space right and he came in even though the doors were locked and what, what were those doors there were fear it was doubt and and he came he came right through that and he breathed on them boom okay they went out no they didn't <laughs> as you read the gospel they were up there a week later you know and what, what's up with that and and then you, that's the 20th chapter of John, 21st chapter, the end of John's gospel, by the way, is Peter saying to the boys, you know, because he kind of was the influencers of all those guys, I'm going fishing, you know, and 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 the, really, I mean, within a couple of paragraphs of the end of John's gospel is Jesus saying, I love you, I love you, I love you, okay? What is he extending? The mercy. And finally, Peter says, okay. Okay, I'll do whatever you tell me. That's this T-shirt I'm wearing. Or what was the expression you just said, um, Father, uh, that your founder said? Oh, you give God permission. You yeah, know. I give God permission, right? But but what, we, what, what, what I think we're seeing with the people's reaction is they feel like the safe space is away from God, okay? Because you don't want me, I'm despicable, or, I, you know... Uh, or it's too much or whatever. And what I'm seeing with this movie is people going, you know what? I'm away from God and I'm kind of feeling that turmoil. I'm kind of feeling, you know, that I'm, uh, you know, that chaos in my life, that lack of peace in my life. And I think that, uh, that I spent my time in what I believe was a safe space away from God. Maybe I got to get closer to God right now. I, I don't know, am I rambling? But what do you think, Chuck Carey, about what I'm saying there? I mean, I think you're, you're hitting on the nose. I mean, I think it's a wake-up call. Yeah. And, and I think that people have had their uh, intellect inverted, like you said. They yes. think away from God, they're safe. I don't have to worry about anything. Because yeah. they don't really actually contemplate the devil. They don't realize, okay, look, you're in Africa and you're walking across the, the, uh, the savannah. And it's nice and green grass and there's a tree here and there. And you don't notice that there's lions that are looking at you as you right. but you feel wonderful. The wind is in your hair. You're drinking your bottle of water. Here comes the lion. You don't see it, right? Now right. God puts you in a Jeep. You can go over the savannah. That lion, he can come up to the side of the Jeep. He can't do anything. He can't catch you, but they've got it backwards. The devil tells them to get out of the Jeep. Look how wonderful it is. God yep. says, stay in the Jeep, you're with me. And I think that that's what the movie does. It gives an alert to people. They've got to wake up. Yes. And, and subconsciously, people know when you play tarot cards or you have somebody do that, right. you know subconsciously there's something wrong here. When you go to a fortune teller, you want to believe, oh, I'm going to get married. I'm going to be wealthy. I'm going to be but subconsciously, you know, something's wrong, but you put it to sleep because you don't really believe in the devil. If you did believe in the devil, you'd say this is the devil. So what the devil has done for a long time is he's just put everyone's fears to sleep. So yep. what happens? Exactly what our society is in now. 
And I think that that's the thing that the movie does. Again, going back to what I said before, I think it's a I think it's a Holy Spirit uh, wake up call. And it, and and the Lord is crying out to his people. Listen, understand there's somebody who is very dangerous and you've got to change your life. And if you don't change your life, you're going to pay a terrible price. There's one right. reviewer who I'm not sure he wants to be quoted, so I won't name him, but he was at our premiere. And he said afterwards, he said, this movie is a theological drive-by shooting in a good way. <laughs> I love it. And what, and what yeah. happens is that there is something about this film where it provokes, whether desired or not, the viewer it questions the state of their soul. Yep. Whether whether they're Catholic, whether they're not Catholic, whether they're a believer or non-believer, there's something that goes in, and at a very deep level, they're asking the big questions, even if they've never asked them before. It's very very strange. It's very well, who are we to judge the spirit, right? Father Carlos, 27 years ago, is an atheist. Look where he is today, and that journey, right? He never expected. He couldn't comprehend it. He couldn't today, having lived all of it. I'm guessing he could not describe how this Holy Spirit did what it did. Same thing with this movie. We don't know exactly how it does what it does, but we know God is the spirit and therefore we trust in his mercy and justice to pay attention. And I think people know that on a subconscious, literally every pore in their body knows that God is real. They just turn aside, but I think this brings them back. The Holy Spirit does what it does. And this film was consecrated to, to the Immaculate Heart and, and to and, and to the oh nice before it, was, before it was ever filmed. You know, we we asked for this. This wasn't a random we asked for this gift of this to go out and serve this purpose. So at a certain level, why are we so amazed that the Lord actually answered the prayer? Right? It nice. speaks to our lack of faith. But we asked for this. We we asked yeah. for this to be able to serve this sort of a purpose. And, and by, it's doing by it. the grace of God, it seems like it is. Yeah, and that's that's something I, I, I'm glad you brought that up, gentlemen, because that's something that I think is so key, especially in the times that we're in, is, is you know, should we not be expecting that God will do what we were begging him and asking him to do? I mean, do we want to expect miracles or do we want to just pray like we're throwing mud at the wall and hoping that it sticks? You know, I, I just, I don't want to do that. I want to get up in the morning and like you said, Father Carlos, I, I want to, I mean, I have I have not said those exact words about giving God permission, but I have begged, come into my heart, and I've said, I want to hear you. I'm, that's essentially me saying, you have permission to come in and, and shake me up a little bit, because I want to do the right thing, and I want to, I want to be all in all the time when it comes to the will and the mission of God in in my life and such. And in the fact that you just you just mentioned that gentleman about, you know, um, really seeing we consecrate something to Our Lady. We give something to our Lord. Let's expect that things are going to happen then. And let's not just kind of say, well, whatever, you know, if it does, it doesn't. I'm curious about something. Like I'll get into conversation sometimes with somebody, maybe it's a close friend, family member, somebody. And I may say something along the lines of, yeah, I was praying about something and, and then something happened. And you know what? That clearly was God speaking. I just know it. And the response is, oh, interesting. And I think, okay, is that, and I understand that, but I'd like, I'd like all of you to comment on this. I'd like to start, um, you know, with Father Carlos, then Father Heilman, respect to the priest, and then, and then uh, Carrie and Chuck there. What do you think about that? And I know it, you know, we got to, we're all in different places when it comes to faith and prayer and such, but having that conversation with others 
that amazing things could be happening. Like, I don't think anybody can look at what's gone on with the, the, you know, the production of this film and what's been going out now and not see that there's some very serious spiritual warfare going on over this film. It's waking people up. It's very, very obvious. Still, people would look at that and go, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, maybe coincidental. Um, Father Carlos, your thoughts on the interesting attitude that that some fellow Catholics or Christians in general have when things seem to be clearly a, a message or a word from God. Yeah, you know, we have a secret weapon. We, we Christians, we who are in the grace of God, who, 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 who are delight and rejoice in being in God's family so much so that we are disseminating it, we are, we're spreading the news. We have one secret weapon at our service, and that is those who reject God or th those who don't have God. They are not happy. So they, okay. they may reject him. They may throw him down like, uh, as if like, like, a, like a, a, a touchdown winner spikes the football. Like, I don't want God. Look at, look at how, how much disdain I have for him. That's all fine. Okay. But that person who does that is not happy. Mm. And so your secret weapon is your happiness the joy that you have within you that radiates and that that people need to see yeah. that will transform them that's the thing that worked for me i saw in those who were devout a joy and a fulfillment a peace that was powerfully attractive i knew i didn't have it when i when i beheld it that this it was mesmerizing because no one else in society had it other than these people who had God in their lives. And so, yeah, subconsciously, I, I, I was moving towards them. I was spending as much time as I could until I realized it. You know what? I find myself rejecting social engagements with these people who are like me, and I'm going and hanging out with these weirdos but who have joy and and i find i feel better about life when i'm around them did you did you ever say interesting did you ever go oh that's interesting did you ever well, do that i i was very aware i was very aware of of their influence on me i was aware of the attraction mm. that that they exercised on me how attracted i was of the life they lived just mm. the art of living that they engage in. And, and I said the, I, I told this anecdote uh, on this show before, uh, and that, you know, that the anecdote that I, I like to use to describe what it was that I saw and just how mesmerizing it was, was I was having a cup of coffee one morning with one of these students that, that were faith-filled on campus. And we were sitting uh, at, a, at a small round coffee table that are ubiquitous at, at, at any coffee shop. And somebody comes and tells him, hey, your car was stolen out of the parking lot this morning. You know, in other words, some, some drunk from the night before uh, was still drunk and still walking. He got into your car and he, and he stole it. He drove it around the back streets of campus, plowed into an oak tree on somebody's lawn. Your car is now hugging that oak tree. Your car is garbage. Mm. And so he receives that news. And I remember he faced me again. And he said to me, I guess it just wasn't God's will for me to have a car right now. And he could still enjoy the cup of coffee in front of him. Wow. And I was bowled over. Mm. 
I can't recall a single word of that conversation after that point because I was mesmerized about that. Like, who, who says that? Like, who even thinks that? Yeah. That this guy was so not of the world. Like, he didn't give a flying fig about his car. He just, that, that couldn't affect his peace. It couldn't take anything out of him. And, uh, you know, when, when he and, and, and the students that he hung around with, when they invited me on a retreat, it would, it would end up being the retreat in which, at which I converted, I, which I, I experienced a little, there was no way I was going to say no to that. I had no idea what in heaven's name I was getting into. But I just know that these people, they had something I didn't have and I, I wanted it. I, I, I mean, I never thought that I would end up believing God, but their witness was powerful, you know, and, and to be a witness, incidentally, do you know what the Greek word is for witness? Martyr. Mm. If you're a non-witness, you're a non-martyr. You've mm. chosen not to martyr yourself, mm. but to be a witness of necessity is to be a martyr. So as the world rages around you, keep doing your thing. Don't hide. Like sure as heaven exists, don't hide because people are going to need you. And, and God is going to back up everything you do as he's doing with Chuck and Carrie in this movie. They're, you know, the, 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 the sun is just starting to rise. It's just starting to rise. Hey, Chuck and Carrie, with the last few minutes that we have left, first of all, I want to say everybody, you got to be an ambassador for this movie. Go yourself, yeah. take your family, yes, go out absolutely. and tell everyone they got to go to this movie, okay? Uh, but Chuck and Kara, I'm going to ask you guys the same question that uh, Russell Crowe got. <laughs> How has this impacted your faith? Has this movie impacted your faith? Uh, I mean, of course. Um, you know, it comes in different sections. Like when you do intellectual study, on exorcism and on uh, theological virtue, you know, and all the, that's a mental thing sure. that's growing, right? And yep. the spirit is in that. It's kind of like uh, one of the re things that got me to convert because uh, my, my mom was Protestant, my dad was Jewish. I was confused, um, you know, uh, was the in incorruptibles. I couldn't wrap my head around when I saw somebody laying on the ground that was in the ground for 1500 years. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. How come no right. one knows about this? You know, so that was an intellectual side. But when you make a movie, you are so exhausted. You have to have a belief in what you're doing, if it, especially it's your ministry. If it's your ministry, you got to keep going. You got to keep pushing. We believe the Lord called us to this. So if the Lord calls you to something, you have two choices to do it. Or not do it. We don't want to not. We don't want to say yes and then do it badly. So you, of course, it changes every part of you because every day for the last three years we've been doing this. And you know there are sacrifices. You see the buildings destroyed. You see people missing, having near death experience. It, all these crazy things are going on, and so it just edifies. We know the devil is real now because we see him every day. We know God is real because we see him every day because we're in the fire. And, you know, a lot of people are out there. What I find is when people come over to you and they're talking to you, if they're not believers, they actually subconsciously want to pull you into their world. 
Isn't it great? Oh, look at that hot girl. Oh, what do you think about my Camaro? What is it? They want you to think like them because they realize there's something missing. They want to be comforted by that because that's a sign of approval, right? That they're doing the right thing. But if you don't go there, if you just be yourself, they eventually start saying, well, what's wrong with my Camaro? What's wrong with liking that girl? And then slowly they start to shift. I, you know, we had our friends came to us and said, nothing you said convinced us to become Catholic mm. is when we were looking at you and you weren't paying attention how you lived. That's what got us. Yep. That preach the gospel always, huge words when necessary. St. Francis of Assisi, right? The fruit of the Holy so, Spirit. Mm. So, yeah. of course, it affects you. I call the because, fruit, I, I use the word, the evidence of the Holy Spirit, for, for the word fr fruit. Yeah. So, yeah. By the way, St. Francis also said, you know, that statement that's attributed to him, preach the gospel, always use words if necessary, and watch the U.S. Grace Force podcast. I'm sure yeah, he that, said that's that That's what too. he said. Yeah. yeah I heard great. it. I heard it. Yeah, yeah, it, was, yeah. it, was, it, was, it was, I didn't understand it at the time, but I do now. Yeah, exactly. the editor, so it was like a revelation. The editor was when he cut it out. Yeah. And just whatever you do when you hear that, anybody, don't think, um, oh, that's interesting. Don't, don't think that. Think, oh, yeah, we got to do that. Yeah. Um, I want to echo what Father Heilman said, though. Um, everybody, go out and see this film and share it with others. Talk about it. This is much more than just supporting some Catholic producers. This is this is a message that can turn lives around and put them on the right track, bring people back to God's mercy through the confessional. If we don't pay attention to the enemy that's coming at us and how the enemy comes at us, then we don't know. We don't learn how to combat the enemy. Right. You know, yeah. people who don't think that we could get a cyber attack or an EMP so they don't they don't prepare for what would happen if that happened because, oh, that'll never happen. They live in a normalcy bias mindset. Spiritually speaking, we can't live in the normalcy bias mindset. Oh, the devil would never go after me. Who am I? What am I? It's like, well, if you're a child of God, you're a target. So I want to echo Father Holland on that. Everybody right. get out there, be an ambassador for this film, share it with others, spread this, this message because we've got to help people as much as possible. Can I just say one thing before, yeah, yeah, yeah. before we go? When your audience looks at the poster, they're going to see a really scary poster and they're going to think, oh my, this is one of those demonic, satanic things. If I was uh, looking at this poster, if I had not made it, if Chuck had not made it, we would never go to this movie, okay? The poster we designed so that the people who needed the movie, it's mm. a Trojan horse yeah, good. to bring people into the theater that needed to see it. There's right. no cursing. There's no sex. There's no, there's no uh, demonic or satanic stuff in this. Yep, Don't yep. be scared of this. This is just the spirit in battle with evil. It's a good versus evil movie. Mm. It's an intellectual movie. I, but I think it's going to profoundly affect everyone who sees it's it. It's powerful. Yeah. It is powerful. Yeah. Chuck, Kerry, Father, thank you so much for coming thank on. You. Yeah. And again, we really hope everybody watches this. It's it's just it's good for your spirit to to go and see this film. Father, can you close us with a prayer? Absolutely, yeah. So, uh, may Almighty God descend upon all of you, all your viewers out there, everybody part of uh, this online community, and may Almighty God bless everybody who 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 visits, who who watches the movie Nefarious, may they become empowered witnesses of the faith and may the glory of God be upon them, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Thanks, thank you, guys. Thank you all, Father Carlos, Chuck, Absolutely. Gary, thank you for being with thank us. You guys. Thank you, everybody.